and welcome Gravel Knits, a place to chat and have a few sips. Today is November 20th, 2023. Thanks for listening. I'm Caitlin, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm Kelsey, and my pronouns are also she, her, and hers. And we have drinks. Whoop. It's beer time. Time for some brewskis. I don't think I ever actually say that. It just seemed like I needed to at the moment. I don't know. It, it did seem fitting. It just fit there perfect. Good. And I think it works because we're pulling out some one of my favorite beers tonight. Um, it's not quite the holiday season. It sort of is. Uh, I guess Thanksgiving's going to be here in a couple of days here in the United States. And a wonderful beer that is a wonderful compliment to Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's Shiner Cheer out Yay. of Texas. And Sunny, it is very funny. Caitlin and I both managed to purchase this beer. Yep. <laughs> unknowingly of each other. And so uh, we, this may be a repeat. It might just be an extra bonus. We get to have extra. Um. Anyway, it's their Shiner Holiday Cheer. Out of the Spatzel Brewery in Shiner, Texas. Um, brewed with peaches and pecans with natural flavor and caramel color. I love it. I think we have had it on for a Christmas episode in the past. So, I, it's, so I'm thinking it's been right. on at least three times, including I, next episode. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with a good standby. Nuh-uh. And, like, I don't know why, but I never thought about it, but it is a peachy beer. I just think it just tastes like Christmas, and I don't really think, like, I didn't really split out the flavors. Mm. I'm glad you read that. I was like, yes, of course it's peaches. <laughs> but, that, that's the one thing that, the like, the first time someone told me it had peaches, I was like, oh, I don't want to try that. Why do I want peaches in my beer? And then I tried it, and I'm like, this is just, like, a nice, cozy beer. Oh, that's a great descriptive word for this. Like it's um, not too heavy, it's not too warming, but it's nice and cozy and just has like good mouthfeel. Yeah, and it has kind of the Christmas spice, but not as Kelsey just said, overwhelmingly so. And I think this is a great like gateway beer. Uh, I think someone that drinks only Bushlight could drink this beer just fine, and someone who also likes double IPAs and all the crazy stuff that we like can also appreciate this beer. I think that's a great description. I think it is a perfect <laughs> gateway beer. Like, it's pretty mellow. It's not going to be too opposing to anyone. It's pretty solid. It's malty, but not too malty. I'd say if you're going to say malty versus hoppy, I'm getting more of a malty feel, but not overwhelmingly so. Yes, it's not thick and chewy. It's just kind of nice and smooth. So I think with that, I think we'll do a little cheers. All right. I'd like to cheers to the sheep for their wool, the shepherds for their dedication, and the sheepdogs, and the beer that keeps the world happy. Yay. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> well, Kelsey, now that we have our beverages, how are you? Oh, I am good. I I get to relax. Life is slowing down a little bit. Um, volleyball season has pretty much come to a wrap for the fall. 
And for the first time in a very long time, my season is over before December. And that means I'm going to get a full month of relief. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, but with that, I've been means I've been traveling and on the road and quite busy the last month and a half or so, which is a bit of our delay. <laughs> Caitlin and I kind of thought it was maybe good to catch up rather than record one night when we actually had a free moment to share. Yeah, like we hung out in real life. Yes. (laughs) There was no knitting. Well, we probably talked about knitting, but there wasn't actual knitting. There was a lot of margaritas. That's true. Yeah, we didn't get any knitting out. It was fun. We probably talked about knitting. Mm -hmm. And lots of biking. Lots of biking. Lots and lots Mm -hmm. and lots of biking. Um, Which, oh, geez, I suppose we haven't even talked about the race since we went on the race. The Spotted Horse? Yes. Or did we? No, you're right. We haven't. That's Kate funny. I have a race story we can talk yeah. about. Because <laughs> yeah, we, we, about we had too. two very different days, I think. Yeah, but it was good. It was a great day. It's a beautiful day to be on a bike. Top beautiful colors. Peak fall colors on the trees. Um, yeah. <gasps> I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> There's so much. It just expands everything. Um, I, I guess I'm going to spoiler something. I'm going to jump ahead to our, like, bike. We can come, we'll split this into two sections. Maybe we'll jump to. Uh, sure. We can jump to it. We can split it up, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> because it's going to help talk. Um, I have a bike enhancement to talk about. Woo-woo. That is a little too exciting not to say anything more about because it'll flow into everything else. I got a new bicycle. Yay. I have a new mountain bike, a full suspension stump jumper. She's so pretty. She's purple and green and I love her. Um, a friend of mine was uh, going to sell her some jumper and it's exactly the bike I've been looking for. I've been looking for an entry-level full suspension bike. And it's perfect. And it's pretty. And so much fun. <laughs> yes. So I have very much been testing the new bike out in the last week. Yay! It's a really pretty purple. Oh, it's so great. I can't wait for you to see her in person. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gave her a name. Her name's Laverne. And we have the Laverne and Shirley adventures going forth on our mountain biking fun. That's super fun. Yay! Yeah. New bike day! New bike day! I uh, picked her up last weekend. I had a weekend off. I guess it was two weekends ago now. Last week was a completely different experience altogether. Um, but a couple of weekends ago, I had the weekend off from volleyball and uh, went and picked her up and rode around on a place called Sylvan Islands, which is right between Iowa and Illinois on the Mississippi River. And it's a little island off of the eastern side of Iowa and has really awesome mountain bike trails they're kind of free will 
Um, and you can go any which direction, kind of do whatever you want. Um, really cool, like, I don't know. It was fun. Um, so that's where I tested it out and decided, okay, yep, I'm going to bring it home. Um, the friend who owned it was a bike mechanic, and so she'd been well-maintained on it and had everything set to my size and everything and all set for me. Oh, yay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> then on that same day, I got I went and I rode Mount Trashmore in Cedar Rapids, which is an old landfill that they've turned into a recreational area and you have to actually get in by four uh, by 3 30 they're open from nine until four tuesday to sunday and so i've never been able to get there in time to actually get in yeah like, sweet i'm gonna go ahead and go in <laughs> they have um it's about half a mile up to the top of the hill and then they have a gravity flow trail from the top down to the bottom it takes all of like five minutes at max to get to the bottom but it's fun and you get a beautiful view of cedar fall or cedar rapids yay yeah um, i think i think that might be me well that's really awesome now we're gonna have to meet up since you have some time to bike. I know. We actually went out to the trails near you uh the other weekend, not last weekend, but the weekend before, just for like a date day. And um that bike is gonna have fun. It's really going to get, take some use getting used to. Um but it's a really, really fun bike. Yay. There we go. Okay. I was like, how is this tangled the way it is? Uh, so I guess that means it's me, huh? That does um, mean it's you. Let's see. So I was just home last weekend. Uh, we got so much in. I was like thinking through it today and I was like, no wonder why I'm so tired because we were moving the whole time and I woke up every morning early to go run and bike and it was super fun we went to a brewery we did christmas but, tree unloading we did thanksgiving with my grandpa sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say when you mean by home you went home to where your parents are correct yes home in illinois so that's where we were and yeah and we didn't get home until like 11 o'clock last night and then i went to bed and woke up around 1 p.m. when Kelsey came by on her lunch break. <laughs> I said, hey, you, there's not much you need to wake up for, but me and beer are one. Totally worth it. And it was good. I like started moving and waking up. So now I'm like a functioning hum human. <laughs> when Kelsey came over, I'm like, I'm, I'm in my pajamas and I'm not really functioning yet, but here I am. <laughs> You're a person. Oh. It happens. Some days yeah. that you, you have to enjoy those days. Yeah. And I, I can't say how many times I've gone 
out of town and then not taken that next day off work and been a zombie all day and said, next time I'm going to do this. And I never do it. And I finally did. And I was like, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I really needed to sleep until one, could you imagine working? <laughs> like, Oh man, no. <laughs> I would have not been happy. Whereas now I'm going to have my best foot forward tomorrow. And I think I work two days and then it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> but that's how that happens sometimes. Oh, I know. Last week I only worked like two and a half days and I took the other two days off and then uh, only working two and a half days this week. It's like, it's all crazy. It is. It's good though. We need to do that stuff every once in a while. I still need a reminder of what day of the week it is though. Like, (laughs) hard to keep track of that sometimes. Definitely. And like I was trying to make my lunches of the week and I'm like, wait, so what days am I working? <laughs> like, how many lunches do I need? <laughs> when do I need this? <laughs> what do I what am I doing? Yeah. I might have an extra, but I'll be that's fine. I'll just have lunch already made for me one day. That I'm not at work. Um yeah, and then I, I've kind of hinted at it, but um I've decided to do this challenge. Um, I've never succeeded before of running 30 days in a row. And so I thought I'd give it a try. And then one morning I'm running and I'm like, okay, well, if I run a minimum of a mile every day, bear with me because the story is going to be confusing for a second. Um, then that's only 10 miles away from 50. So why don't I just run 50 miles this month? And then the next day I'm running and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> 30 plus 10 is not 50. No. <laughs> but I'm but I'm going for it anyways. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do both for the month is like a last ride. We've had a very warm November and I kind of like it. I kind of like just doing something different and I think a lot of people sometimes worry about doing the same thing multiple days in a row and you really can. You like don't don't be crazy. Don't go from running a 5K every week like I was doing and then try to do a 5K every day. Oh, goodness. Like that That's going to be a little bit of a rough shift on your body, but which I'm not doing. <laughs> I'm just doing a minimum of a mile and then hopefully some of these longer runs that I have, like we're doing a 5K next weekend. Um, I met up with my friend last weekend and we ran and she chose the route and we're like going and I noticed we're still going away from where we parked. And I'm like, I think this is going to be a little longer. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think this is going to be like three and a half miles or something. Um, well, it was six and a half or oh. something over six. So I'm like, well, that's <laughs> that's in the bank now. I've I, That'll help me get closer. How was <laughs> that? Was it was nice. Yeah. It was nice and it was casual. And like, since it's kind of like our fun thing to do together, we like if we saw anything interesting, we'd stop and look at it. So it wasn't like constant. You know, yeah. Um, but it was really nice. And we saw two little beavers in the dark, like swimming in this um river that the path went over. So that was fun to see. That's cool. But yeah, I'm just trying that out this month. That's good. At least for me, I don't think it's gonna turn into trying to run as many days in a row as I can like biking, but I thought it'd be fun to say I did it once, and so I'm doing it. I know you've definitely come decently on that before so i'm sure you'll do great 
I hope so. I mean, I'm at 20 days in a row now. So uh, I'm too oh, far along. 10 more. You, you got this. <laughs> at this point, you're so close. You should just keep going to the end of the year. I appreciate your faith in me, Kelsey. You can do it. Of you. And one thing that has been really nice about that is like, I find if I run once a week, I have almost like too much pressure on it. And I feel like I have to be really good and give everything I have. And now I'm like, nope. Like, I'm just going to run a mile today. And then other days, like, I've ran a really fast mile and been like, oh, it's kind of nice not to be like, oh, I have three more after this. So it's it's been a good perspective shift, I guess. That's but, really good, actually. Yeah. Good to kind of just let yourself enjoy it sometimes and not, like, make it have yeah. to be something. Exactly. I'm just doing this for my like my personal health anyway so why am I like oh I'm not going fast enough like it's fine (laughs) I'm out I'm moving it's good um but yeah that's me and just a little funny runner math while I was running at the beginning of this thinking oh yeah it's only 10 more miles to get to 50 Mm -hmm. yep times two uh so I think that that brings us to announcements all right we still have our GK Grow Make Along going on. Yay! Uh, we still say that if you have something that you're entered in, that you've started, that falls within those parameters, um, go ahead and enter it. Uh, declare what challenge it was for. Um, the current quarter is finishing up loose ends, kind of you know tying everything together, wrapping up all those remaining whips. Um, if you had something started, see what you have to finish. Um, whether it's a few things to tie it in, do the finishing, you name it. If you can give us a reason, we'll figure it out and probably call it good. Uh, what else, Caitlin? I think that's it for now. Like it's just last quarter, finish, finish strong or whatever is going to bring you the most happiness. And we're really excited. Anyone that's on the, the journey with us. Um, yeah, I think that's what I I got for announcements too. We still have the um, Stein challenge going on, so we still have the year long stash challenge going on. I trying to get there. My goal this week is to get some numbers actually put together again. Oh my gosh! So I have a pile of like all my finished projects, and half of them I've even weighed. I just have to sit and do the math. Me too. I just need to go and put them all in. Be like us. Go sit down for a day and put it all in. Exactly. I think I still have a bunch I don't even have on Ravelry yet that I just need to just go and put the details in and figure all those things out. The other day I finished a dishcloth and I'm like, oh, it's not here anywhere. I'm like, well, I guess I'm making a project because now it's done. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay, too. Excellent. And and for the challenge, remember, you don't have to be on Ravelry. You can use Instagram, emails, um, you know, a submitted affidavit, you know, however you want to work it, you know. Give us something and show us proof and we'll call it good. The yeah. entries are on Instagram, our website. Um, yeah. I think that wraps it up. Cool. 
Um, Kelsey, you got any toast this week? I don't. I don't no toast this week. Um, I think that. So, what are you been listening to, Galen? Mixing it up. I know usually I do a podcast, but I just haven't been listening to as many lately. So, or I'm listening to the same ones. <laughs> so, this book just came out called Into Every Generation a Slayer is Born. It's by Evan Ross Katz. And so, it's about Buffy. And I remember growing up with the show and not really even realizing how how much influence it had and what it did for TV. Um, you know, female lead, one of the first like gay couples were on the show, just a lot of different okay. things like that. And so it was great. It was a fun book, a lot of like fun nostalgia. They talked about each season and then they spent some time talking about things like that in a few different chapters. And yeah, I don't I don't want to give too much away, but it was nice that it did go into some of the drama. I think we've probably heard snippets of it. But I, I I'm one of probably the few people who has barely seen Buffy. <laughs> um, so for those that are unfamiliar, she's talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whoop whoop. That's right. Which yep. yeah. It's great. It's good. <laughs> um it was cool. So I, I enjoyed it. If anyone watched the show or plans on watching the show, I'd say maybe watch it first because there certainly are spoilers since it does go through each season. But I, I enjoyed it. And it was cool to hear, like, even though I was watching it, to actually realize, like, the themes of each season and what they were trying to go after. And in her journey, there's just some sections that get pretty dark. And so it doesn't really I think a lot of us can relate. Like, um, almost like a memoir biography of the show and how things went and all that kind of a recap and all that. Exactly. Cool. So yeah, if you're a Buffy fan, check it out. And some of like what the actors are up to now and stuff like that. So Did you, you listen to it as an audiobook? Yep. Yeah, I just always assume if I see it, say I read something, I listen to it. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't read, but physically read but i very often am listening it's like my go-to during laundry and making dinner and working great depending i can't always listen to books at work but oh yeah i the other day i have like a speaker that i put on my bike and i was listening to a book and i went by someone who was playing with their kid and she's like are you listening to a book i'm like yeah she's like that's awesome like yeah (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> that was that was a cool moment. Um, all right, Kelsey, what's brewing? Oh goodness, now you're putting me on the spot. Um, well, I've made some progress on my Granny Square crochet blankets. Slowly but surely, I think I made it like another trip around it, so I maybe grew a half an inch. Um, but I ran, I've been using Fiberknit Works mini skeins that I've collected over the years or scraps or whatever to add to it. And it's, you know, it's probably five feet across at this point. Um, 
but I want it to be bigger. I want it to be enough for my husband and I both to be under, or at least, you know, two people to be under, whatever. Oh, that sounds lovely. Um, yeah. So that's been going. I just sit at the couch and I do a few little bits here and there. Um, I really haven't been doing a whole lot lately. Um, my shoulder and neck have been kind of aggravated, at least at the beginning of the month, I was not feeling so great. So I didn't really do a whole lot. Um, I did start a new project. And give me a second. Bear with me, because I do want to look up the title of this. Um, I really was wanting to um, start a new colorwork hat. And so now I am doing the Paul McCartney sweater hat. That's fun. Yes, and I I gotta pull this up because it's too funny. There is a famous color sweater of his. Okay, yeah, and that's going to be on a hat. Oh, that looks cozy, fun. I had previously bought a Byron of New York's uh, project set with her merino yak nylon blend. And um, it's in some really cool colors, like a gray that I did my, um, the gray, same gray that I did my um, descent sweater out of. Okay. Yeah. Um, is going to be the hat base color. Perfect. Along with, um, oh, it was her Atlantic pub color um, mini set. That had like a deep red and a burgundy and an orange and a yellow and this gray. And it's like all these pub colors that you would think in Northern Ireland or in Ireland. And very cool. I'm very excited to see how it goes together. Oh, where did it go? I swear I brought it in here. I don't know. Oh, hang on. I found it blending in on my desk. I have a little bit of a start. I am through the brim. Yay. I wanted to do a tubular cast on, but I ended up doing a um, provisional cast on with a heavier DK weight. That is okay. this like um, teal mm -hmm. that actually matches the teal that will be up in the hat eventually. And I'm kind of thinking about leaving us at the brim just so it has that little pop of color. That'd be fun. But I have about an inch through the color work. Yay. I need to yeah. find a good color work hat. I, I am really excited about this. It's been a while since I've done some color work. I would recommend it so far. Yay. Good. What's the hat you're currently wearing? Um, the hat I'm currently wearing is my oh, it's an 
Andrea Mowry had. Um, what is this? It looks like it has a lot of beautiful color work. It was one of her mini sweater patterns that's also a hat pattern. Oh, it was a shifty. Oh, okay. Got it. This is the shift hat pattern by Andrea cool. Mowry, which I made out of my hand spun, and I almost want to make a new one. But it's, it looks time for me to, it's getting really, I need to wash it and dry it. It's kind of getting a little extra big. I made it the pattern I think called for fingering weight, and this was something like between a DK and worsted weight. Okay. So I made it an extra floppy. It's an extra big hat, but I love it. It's so nice and um slouchy. Like it has an extra extra amount of slouch. Um, but it's so fun. Purples and teals and orange. Love it. Okay, sorry. Continue. Oh, you're good. Um, I think talk about this one. The one that's in my hands is the one I've probably done the most work on lately. I started a, a new sweater, and this is going to be a, for a friend of mine. It is called the I think it's called the Hoodie Saurus. Hmm. Um, it is a little cardigan that has a dinosaur scales to it. Ah, uh, cute. Yeah, I'm super excited. It has, it calls for toggles and so you do a, it's got a raglan body. You come back for the hood and the sleeves. And then later you pick up for the scales along the back to go over the top. And yeah, so I, I'm making that for a little friend of mine. Oh. Um, currently using Blue Sky Alpaca's Cotton Worsted. And I think the color Jasper. Um, I don't think I'm going to have enough. I... Didn't really know what I was going to make or what size I was going to make. And so kind of got started and figured I could figure something out. Yeah, like um, a bit, like your your um, spikes could be different colors or something. Exactly. It's so super that's, fun. That's kind of what I'm planning. I think I'm going to have enough for the body and the hood to be the same color. But I might do the arms and the scales different colors. But I did go ahead and order a color I think will be close to the body that I could do the arms with that won't look probably too horrible if it's not the right color. Okay. Um, otherwise, it could have, you know, multicolored arms and legs. And I think it'll be fun no matter what. I agree. That's going to be super cute. I I really, <laughs> I want to get this one done. <laughs> Is it a Christmas present or just a present? Oh, no, present? just a present present. Um, I just like getting this person a present when I can. Aww. 
Yeah, we're making good progress. I need, I'm through the arms. Um, I'm about four inches past the uh, arm split uh, where I come back for the body. So after the armpit, about four inches. And I call this for 10 inches on the body, which I'll probably do 11 or 12 just for giggles. I like longer bodies too. <laughs> I'd always rather put on an extra inch or two. But it's it's nice. It's on uh, worsted weight yarn, big needles. I think I'm using size eight. And it's flowing great. Yay. Um, pattern is Hoodiesaurus by Little Theorem Knits. And I think that's what I've got going. Okay. Let's see. This weekend I got some good work in on the hemisphere hat. Which one's so, the hemisphere hat? So it is a double knit, as in like double knitting, so reversible hat. Um, and it's like a map of the world or globe. And so it's bottom oh, yes, yes. up. And I am now at the point where Australia is done. So I still have a decent amount left, but it's almost like since the decreases are coming up too, like that last quarter is way faster than the last quarter by the time I get to it. Um, And yeah, I am, I am really enjoying it. It's just something that is hard to to just pick up though, since the chart is the entire width of the hat. Uh, so I don't really like to pick it up unless I know I'm going to be working on it for like an hour. Okay. <clears throat> and so driving from Iowa to Illinois was a perfect time to work on it. So I made some good progress on it. And it didn't work at, on it at all when we were in Illinois. And then the way home, it was it just seemed a little daunting. So I worked on one of my bags instead. <laughs> Sometimes that can be a lot. Yeah. And it's not my first double knit hat, but it's my first double knit hat that I'm following instructions to. And it seems to be going pretty well. So um, currently in my hands is the Abreco. That's going to be in my hands forever, I think. <laughs> Since it seems like the only times I work on it is when we're recording. So hey, it gets well, I guess we'll have to keep doing time. this. Yeah. Yeah, we have to. Otherwise, this is just going to sit forever. <laughs> so maybe, hopefully you'll get another round or two in. Yeah. I just realized this is an FO, so I don't know what it's doing there. Um, I kind of talked about this already, but I am working on my Etta bag by Suzanne Mueller. And I'm still kind of on the body of the hat, but it is going too. Where is my FO section? Oh, I made my section weird. Like my name's way at the bottom. Oh, yeah. There we go. I'll just cut into Kelsey's section. That's all right. I don't need it. I don't. I have nothing in our finished object section. I have not been doing enough because I do believe I talked about the love note being finished the last time. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Which is exciting. Oh, I'm uh, so glad it fit her. So cute. And my last one, I have made some solid progress on my Sunflower Prayers potholder. Oh, yay! So I'm almost to the done done with the flower part. And then there's just a few rows. And that is also double knitting. So each row takes a little bit longer than one row. 
but it's so close. And then I'm going to have to look up how to bind it off because I did, I think, a tubular cast on. So you that. might be able to do a tubular bind off then. But yeah. Sewn tubular bind off would probably work. I will have to check and see. But yeah, I'll definitely have to like watch a video to remember how to do it. You probably have to do like a two color sewn bind off or something. Yeah. Good but luck, like my friend. Get to match. So that'll be a fun challenge when I get to it, which I'm getting there. Um. Yeah. Are we ready for drink two? Sure. What do we think? Yeah. Okay. That's probably a good time for that. Mm-hmm. She'll be right in the back. Okay, me too. Okay. That last sip was more than one sip. <laughs> ah. I was like, oh no. I'm going to finish it though. All right. See you in a minute. All right. You're right back. All right. Yay. You're back. I'm back. Beverage two. Beverage number two. So I'm super happy about this brewery has been canning now for a few months at least, probably longer than I remember. But they came out of the gates running from the moment they opened their doors. And the brewery I'm talking about is called Lua out of Des Moines, Iowa. And I swear, every single beer I've had of theirs, no matter what the style, whether it be their seltzers or their Hefeweizens or their lagers, have just been amazing. So tonight we're going to be trying the Joppy Squirrel. It's a sour with orange, mango, and pineapple. Interesting. Makes me want to know more. There's not much on the can. Mm-mm. But it's very orange, which we appreciate because when we were trying to do the rainbow, it was orange and yellow were hard to find. Yes. Oh, oh, that's tasty. Kind of reminds me of like a creamsicle. Yeah, it's got like that, like it's full flavor, but like that mellow gentleness to its flavor. Oh, okay. Here's why. It's one of their Squishmallow. Um, okay. Let me read it. Where did it go? No, maybe not. About? Huh. It doesn't really give a lot of details, but they have... Um, hmm. Yep, it's just a fruited sour with orange, mango, and pineapple. But yeah, it, I to me... It absolutely tastes like a creamsicle, mm-hmm. uh, but not too sweet, not too um, chalky. Yeah, not too acidic either. Like sometimes you can run into that with um, mm-hmm. citruses. Yep. Very smooth. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Brian's going to be sad he's not here. That's why I gave you two of them. It's very nice of you. <laughs> I did tell him that. I'm like... There will be another one for you because he always comes and wants to taste the sours. Like he he would love this one. Yeah, he would. <clears throat> See, the almost, there's almost it. There's some. There was a cereal. It kind of reminds me of too. Hmm. Oh, kind of reminds me of Captain um, Captain Crunch. Okay, I don't know why it has a similar 
maybe it's just a reminder, but. Who knows? I like it. It's balanced. The carbonation is, I think, just right. Um, but not too much. Mm -hmm. But still has that nice little tingle. Mm -hmm. They're here in Des Moines, not too far from the two of us. Mm -mm. But they, like I said, they, uh, they've only been canning for a little while now, maybe a year at this point. But it's always super exciting to see the new beers that they're putting out there in the cans. Yeah, I like it. I recommend it. Definitely. Uh, Two oh. thumbs up. <laughs> so I think that brings us to Epos. Yeah. Um, none. I have two. You have two. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I didn't want to think too hard when I was hanging out with everyone this weekend. So I cast it on a new hat. Um, and let's see, where's my, I went and looked at other things and now I don't have the right thing up. Uh, so I cast it on 94 stitches. I did okay. some ribbing. Where is the right picture? There it is. I wanted to get the yarn name. It is discontinued, but it is a really neat colorway. But yeah, cast it on 94 stitches. Did 10 rows of one by one ribbing. Added two stitches, knitted up six and a half inches from the cast on, started doing the decreases. And that was the hat. And I really like it. And this yarn is called Sugar Bush Yarns. And this is their bold um color i don't know it's um a worsted weight wool okay and the colorway is called sultry dusk hmm. so i'd say it has kind of like this rusty yellow is like the base kind of but it most four stitches one one was one color like most of the time it was two stitches or less so it's a it changes Very pretty colorful. frequently mm -hmm. oh, wow. um it has this like plummy wine purple this kind of steely brown and I'm not sure I call it teal, but it's got this vibrant blue in there as well. So yeah, it made for a really fun hat where the color got to speak for for the hat, so I didn't really need to do anything complicated. Did and you say it was worsted weight? Yes, worsted weighted weighted yarn. What size needles? Oh, 3.5 um four and i did the same one the whole time that's like my whenever i make a hat i just make it less stitches on the ribbing so that i can just use, use the, same the same size <laughs> hey that works so yeah i like it used slightly more than the entire ball but i think i'm gonna make another one and just do less stitches so it might be a slightly smaller one so that i can just make two because I think I, I think this was 47 grams and there was like 46 left. Okay. So I'm hoping that if I just go yeah. down. Or you could always just find a, another color for the brim or something. That's true. I might even have some of this just not in that colorway. I don't know if it match or not. Hey, you could either go with something that was uh, contrasting or 
um, complementary or matching. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just think about it. But yeah, so I think I did this in two days. That's impressive. Because I just was picking it up as we were doing different things. And yeah, I knitted it while we were watching the Barbie movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't so we seen finally that watched yet. That. I think it was good. I don't know. And it had some good moments and messages, I think. And then also, I finished my one of my Thanksgiving socks. Um, I had it held triple with two sweaters that I had purchased from a secondhand store and on did. Well, I don't have, I just don't have words right now. Unraveled. Thank you. And then I also had um, some nitpicks stroll in there as well. So that was kind of to help kind of hold it, hold it all together, not knowing how the rest of it would do. And so I did exactly my instructions that I have when I've made them. I think I've made two or three pairs of these for myself. Yes. But I didn't consider that because I am holding it triple, my stitches are taller. Okay. So even though I did the same number of rows, they ended up being a much longer sock. And I debated and debated because I had finished both of them before I even tried them on. And I was like, you know what? I have a friend that these might fit really well. And turns out they did. So she has them now. Yay! But there's enough for me to make another pair. I will just need to choose a different um, base color to go with the other two because there's not enough of that left. So, yeah. That should be easy enough to come up with. Yeah, definitely. I've, I have lots of fingering weight yarn hanging out downstairs that I can pick from, and it'll be cool to see them with a different different color. But I'm, I'm excited because I, I don't know. It's not a big deal to go back and re-knit something, but I was just really content where they were. <laughs> so I'm glad that someone else is going to love them and wear them. Well, I'm glad that they'll make somebody's feet happy. Yeah. Let me cozy. Um, so we kind of talked about one of your stash enhancements. Do you have any additional enhancements? I do. Ooh. I have all kinds of enhancements. Um, right. Yeah, we'll see how, how this works out as far as getting them tallied up. Mm -hmm. um, so apologies. This one has some wrapping on it. It might be a little crunkly. But uh, Fiber of Dye Works had some one-of-a-kind mini skeins on sale. And I got a pack. Let's see. One, two, three, four. A ten-pack of nice 20-gram mini skeins. Or these 10 grams. Ooh, there's some really vibrant colors in there. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. It's like a bright red and then like a variegated teal to purple. A nice like ballet pink. That one's really fun. Uh, there's like a green with like a light brown tonal. It's kind of like a tree like. Mm -hmm. And then like a super sunshiny yellow like gold. Um, a green what? tweed. Okay, I was like, am I seeing a tweed? 
Yep. That looks pretty great. Right next to like a blue dusky tweed. And then like a burnt orange. And then a nice pop of lavender and another green. So these are all different faces. See, five are on bounce. Two are on mountain tweed merino fingering. One on the Linnaeus fingering. And two on the strong DK. So there's two that are in here that are DK rather than fingering. But you know what? what? Fun variety, though. I know. I like it. So it was super fun. I grabbed that on her website the other day when she had a sale. And then today, I hadn't planned to stop into the yarn store. But then I figured I hadn't been to our yarn store in a long time. And there is a project that I'm going to end up running shy on. And I was hoping that maybe they would have yarn for it, but I didn't find it. So that's okay. Um, but of course, I couldn't just go in there and, and leave empty-handed. Uh-uh. You got to support the business. Got to support the business, especially yeah. that. Like I used to go there all the time when I was closer. But now that, you know, it takes me 40 minutes to get there sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I walked in the door and right away this skein popped at me. Neat. You're seeing a lot of the, you're not quite getting all as much of the purpley orange that's in here. It's a little, there we go. It's a little better. Cool. Um, but this is Malabrigo. It is the Caracol. Caracol? Which is a worst, uh, super bulky. This colorway is Arapi, A R A P E Y. Okay. Which is, you know, just a kind of water calorie rainbow, I'd like to say. I like it. So I got a, one skein of that. It should be enough for a new hat for either my mom or my sister for Christmas. So, but I liked the yarn so much. And then the shop owner was telling me about a sweater she knit out of it. Ooh. Right? And I found a different colorway. Uh, it's a little bit more vibrant. Oh, fun. And this one's much more like fuchsia and red, pops of purple and white. Um, see ah perfect the colorway is called intense yeah that 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 is intense it's beautiful it is absolutely beautiful and absolutely intense is perfect um so i bought enough yardage to make a giant uh cardigan So we'll see if I actually get anything finished this year, Caitlin. You might get a cute bed stein again. <laughs> so let's see. That's all bed Malbrigue. And there's more. There's more. I uh, really apparently was on a Malbrigue kick today because I picked up some Rios in there. Um, they had a couple different colorways of their. Uh, 
oh, what do you call it? Um, astrology series. So I got Leo and Libra. Yay, pretty. Which, um, Leo is a super vibrant uh, blue purple. My screen does not do this justice at all. Almost two pops of pink. Neat. Um, that one just like this was the first skein in the store that just screamed, "Take me!" <laughs> and I thought that the Libra, which is like a pinky garnet, would go great with it. So I think I love the tonalness of that. Those are going to be a hat for Cole. Yay! Now to figure out what that's going to be. We'll see. Make a spiral hat. Yeah. That's an idea. I was kind of almost thinking double knit with those two could be good too. That'd be cool. Be super thick. Mm -hmm. Although he'd probably never wear it. Yeah, he's a warm bodied person. He is definitely a warm-bodied soul. Um. So yeah, I think that's that's my yarn enhancements. Awesome. Yeah, I do not have any. <laughs> Jeez. I know. I suppose I'll let you slide. I will I will get more enhancements. I just I have so much yarn downstairs and I haven't been knitting as much, so I don't know. But I do feel like I need to go to the yarn store soon just because I miss it. Worth it sometimes just to go look. Uh hangovers? <gasps> I do have one. Oh no. Yeah. No, yes, I had a hangover. I had a disaster of a hangover. I was casting on uh, the tubular cast on um, for my um, Paul McCarthy uh, McCartney hat. Okay. And it calls, well, it didn't call for, but I was going to put in a tubular cast on using a provisional cast on. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll use the crochet provisional cast on. And I used some yarn, whatever yarn it was. And I was like, all right, I got it kind of set up. I was working through it. And like, all right, trying to follow the directions. I must have misread the directions somewhere. And I was going along. I was like, knit this one bring yarn forward, slip this one, and I missed where it said to move the star of the round. Oh. Yeah. So then when I joined in the round, I didn't switch, I didn't move the star around by one and ended up knitting the same ones and slipping the same ones and not creating the bottom of the Hem. Okay, got it. So then when I went to pull out the yarn, later, I pulled out the waist yarn, and it went zoom, no hem. Oh, 
So I had to start all over. Darn it. So it was a very important step that I missed. I ended up doing the wrong one and had to redo it. But it ended up being a happy accident, as Bob Ross would say. Because then I did the waste yarn in a different waste yarn that was much more appropriate for the size of the yarn I was working with. And I think it might end up being a project enhancement. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. There we go. And you know, it's always worth trying something again. Mm-hmm. Especially like I, I like the tubular cast on. I just don't do it enough. Yeah. It's so easy to just do long tail or something to You're like, oh, this just takes me no time whatsoever to do the, you know, long tail. But for to do a visual tubular cast on, that makes you think. It's got lots of steps. I think I think that's my hangover. Um, on a scale, I would definitely probably call that puking. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just it just disappeared. Unraveled. <laughs> and you know, instead of pulling out the waste yarn, of course, after the two rows, it suggested I did it after an inch of knitting. <sighs> and it's like, oh, guess I'm starting that over. Well, shoot. It is what it is. Well, I, I'll have another sip right now. Just to... That's a good idea. Sorry. Cheers. Cheers. Well, I think that brings us to our topic tonight. Um, and so we were kind of debating today what we wanted to do. And... So I was like, well, I'll just look at like recent articles and see if there's something interesting, which turned into me looking at an article saying like 10 easy, friendly beginner projects. And I started looking at this and I'm like, I have opinions of this. And then I realized I really didn't want to call out like one article and like be mean to an article specifically. So I just went through a bunch of different articles, posts and things that I saw. I was like, let's look at these easy beginner patterns and talk about it what we think about it and hopefully help you as our listener to either help suggest to a beginner knitter what they would like or if you are a beginner knitter um, some things to consider when you're deciding on a new fast easy project which I am air quoting because some of these are I'm like no (laughs) not fast not fast at all so yeah. And it's always you know, good to, you know, not everybody's fast and somebody else's fast or someone else's yeah. easy is not always easy. So not necessarily bad suggestions, just we I thought it'd be cool if we could add some context to them. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so the first one I have here is a chunky garter scarf. I like the idea. And the fact that it's, you know, a very basic, you learn one stitch, you pretty much set to go. Mm -hmm. The downsides to a garter stitch scarf are that 
um, newer beginners might lose stitches or the unevenness. You're going to end up with wonky numbers, blocky, wonky edges, or perhaps even boredom. Yeah. That's um, the biggest thing. I think scarves are deceivingly bigger projects. Like, yes, you can make a narrower scarf, but it's still a decent amount of fabric that you are making. So definitely a factor. And I think while chunkier yarns do help um, conceal some inconsistencies, depending on how tight your gauge is, it can also, I feel like you can have those like big kind of chunky holes too. (laughs) At the same time, I feel like a garter stitch scarf should be everyone's like rite of passage in the world. Oh, for sure. At some point, you should knit a garter stitch scarf because this is like the icon of, you know, knitting, right? And lots of opportunities to practice and see how your stitches level out as you're going and see how much blocking can probably help you out too. And the cool thing with garter is that it's the same thing, back and forth, back and forth. So whether you're putting all your might and effort and concentration into making each and every stitch or it's that mindless I'm just on the go it's gonna be the same um yeah easy to pick you know, up easy to do easy to figure out don't worry about which side go. you're on <laughs> exactly and this will probably come up a bunch tonight but might as well just talk about it in the first one um the material you make is something you need or the type of yarn you decide to use um, if you're making it as a gift or maybe some of your earlier projects make sure you know how it needs to be laundered when you launder it um, I definitely speak for many knitters where you throw something in the laundry not thinking about it and then your beautiful cable hat that was 100% wool is now a little block that doesn't fit Barbie anymore <laughs> <laughs> like so just something to kind of keep in mind um when you're making something like this too um and just the enjoyableness like if you decide to do a cotton or acrylic um i could see acrylic more than cotton but anyways there's less give and stretch as you're knitting with that so just something to keep in mind especially if you're a newer knitter um i know when i first started i was very tight you're you're not going to, yes, you're not going to have any stretch to help you out with that. So just something to keep in mind, all these, but I wanted to throw that out there right off the bat. That's good thinking. Um, absolutely looking at those different yarn, um, gosh, words are hard. Content, yarn <sighs> content is a big difference. Yes. Um, this next one, I was kind of shocked to see as a suggestion so i put it on there um a ribbed hat so lots of things happening here (laughs) you know i i will say there are a lot of things that happen in a ribbed hat but at the same time you are going to learn everything you need by doing a ribbed hat Mm -hmm. it just your first one might not be as beautifully polished as you would hope and that's okay well, just, I think that is something to think about for every first project, no matter what it is. Um, yeah, so ribbing, it means you're doing that knit one, purl one, all the way through the hat. You've got decreases. 
you've got knitting in the round, at least in this specific one. There, You could also knit it flat and seam it. Another technique, though, so something to just be kind of aware of. One of the good things with um, learning it in the round is then, you again, you're not dealing with a front side, a back side. Um, if you set it down, you're not going to have to worry about, oh, where did I leave off necessarily? Um, as long as you, you know, know where your beginning of round is. But there, there's a lot of useful information that you can learn from knitting a hat that can be applied to other uh, patterns as you advance. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not a terrible suggestion, of course, just something to keep in mind um, on that. Um, this next one also kind of made me giggle. Let's see if I can find it. I don't know if I have the picture, um, but their next suggestion is, or another article was a short sleeve pullover. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to um, put this on there. I feel like that's an extremely adventurous beginner level. By the point that you're, you know, making something that is for someone's body. You're looking at a bigger commitment of fabric to make. You are looking at increases and decreases. Probably figuring out. Um, there it is. Oh, wow. And the yeah. pattern that this article suggested even had stripes in it. Yeah. And let's see, at least three different colorways. <laughs> so just... I'm not saying no, especially if you're an adventurous beginner, but oh yes, and this even has the slit on the side too. Um, I'm not sure if I know the right word, but it looks like this was knitted in two pieces. At okay, least. so you would, yeah, it looks like you hmm. yeah, it has a split hem, large body, big and boxy, short sleeve pullover. It's actually really cute and I kind of want to make it. But I, I would get I would say that is a suggestion for a more adventurous beginner. And the, the big time commitment. I would not call this a fast and easy project. And it kind of um, looks like it's on a, a lighter weight yarn, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So that is, again, a large time commitment. And if you're, you know, newer to it, might look at something smaller. Unless you're, like, really, really gung-ho. Yeah, it is a very beautiful sweater. Um, and I think Kelsey also mentioned there's a lot of shaping when you're doing something on someone's body, especially compared to like a hat. You're kind of making a dome, right? <laughs> there's a lot more shapes and things happening with a sweater, even if it is a boxy sweater. You do need to make sure that's going to lay a certain way. You've got shoulders that are going to stay up. This one um, is a nice wide, I think it's a boat neck. Um, but yep. you don't want your boat neck to be too big unless that's what you're going for because it's going to drop on your shoulders. Um, um, at the same time, I will say as far as like a pullover or sweater goes, um, while yes, it does have the stripes in it, you could easily omit them. Um, and this could be a pretty cute sweater because uh, it would be pretty cute and a pretty, you know, entry to a sweater. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely positives here, which is why I didn't want to just tear apart one article because it's not necessarily a bad idea, just context. Uh, and I think this is in the same one. So we also had worsted weight socks. 
as an idea. And these were shorty socks. Probably making Kelsey dizzy as I'm trying to go through here. I added these to my queue, though. I'm like, these are pretty fun. There we go. Easy peasy socks. Yeah, no, they look uh, definitely if you're looking to like a uh, intro sock pattern. It would uh, they look like a nice intro basic sock. No, I kind of want to make those myself. Yeah, they look so fast and cozy. I wear these around the house all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the article does not specifically say if they're they're toe up or cuff down, but that is definitely a factor to consider. Um, there's a million different ways to knit a sock, but if you're going toe up, then you're dealing with like more increases and decreases. Cuff down ends up picking up stitches, usually, not always. Um, but just techniques to be aware of before you try something. And if you are knitting this for yourself, great. You have you have your person to keep trying it on the whole time. Otherwise, it can be a little more difficult to know how it's going to fit someone else if you are new to socks. Worst case scenario, you take your socks and you go around, does this fit? Does this fit? Oh, you're a winner. Hey, congrats. You get some yeah. socks. Yeah, it's, I, the last <laughs> socks that I knitted for Kelsey happened that way. I thought I was knitting them for me and I found out I was wrong. Nope, now I have wonderful socks. I'm so glad they fit your feet. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I do find socks enjoyable and you do have to knit too. So it's something to keep in mind too. If you're a beginner, you might not be as consistent on your stitches. So I know oh, it's probably been a few years ago now, but I knitted my first pair of socks and they were not the same size, even though row for row, like I tracked <laughs> to make them match. Um, but I think I got more comfortable in the second sock. So my gauge was actually a little bit tighter so my second sock was a little tighter i still wear them i still love them but um, i definitely have a few like that yeah well and just i don't know just knitting in general too like sometimes i'm in a loose knitting mood and sometimes i'm a little bit in a tighter knitting mood so that's the nature of knitting pairs of things okay here's one of my favorites that i hear suggested a lot a blanket. A blanket. Not a blanket. It'll be fun that you say. And there's multiple, but the first one I saw was this stockinette blanket that's knit in three panels, and then you sew the, the panels together. Mm. So it does have finishing work that is required. Mm-hmm. I like that it's on big needles, so that's always nice. Big yarn, big needles. It's doable. But forewarning with any blanket you ever attempt. It's it's fun, they say. In a blanket, they say it'll be fun. I it almost can get monotonous. I almost feel like it you should make sure there's some sort of pattern to keep you interested. Whereas this is knit pearl, knit pearl, knit pearl. And then seeming three panels that are hopefully consistent enough that they can seam together row by row nicely. Right. And yeah, I agree. Uh, if I'm going to knit a blanket, I would prefer there to be some sort of action. Mm -hmm. So while not a hard project, kind of this similar story to knitting a scarf. 
it's a lot of yarn. That's a big yarn commitment. It's a big time commitment. But again, you do you. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I can find this next one. The, the, the one thing that really got me on this, because I think this is a great suggestion. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find the picture. But a knitting a pot holder or a dishcloth. Awesome. Like, I think one thing, like, they definitely don't have to purchase perfect because you're using them to clean things. So if they have a little character, that's okay. All of mine have character that are pot holders or dishcloths, and I love them. Same. And you know what? Whether there's a pattern to it or no pattern to it, there's a lot of things you can learn within a dishcloth. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting in this particular article is they said that you can find inexpensive yarn, like acrylic or cotton. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe for a dishcloth, you could do like an acrylic cotton blend, but acrylic melts. So please, at least if you're me, don't, don't make a pot holder out of acrylic yarn. <laughs> Awesome. Depending that's, on that's how hot things are going to be, you might just be uh, melting something to whatever you're setting it on and whatever is touching it might just forever have your acrylic yarn attached to it after. I hadn't thought about that. So I thought that was really an interesting line added into this. Um, but I love dishcloths. I think I've talked about this so many times, but it's a great way to try out a different stitch pattern because it's a small project. And I know I've had some that have been kind of like not great. And I just finish with garter and call it a day and they've been great dishcloths and it's fine. <laughs> um, and even if I end up just scrapping the whole thing and frogging it, it wasn't like I did. I didn't commit to a sweater and you get commit to blankets and miles. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Oh, that would break my heart on some of the things I've tried if I started a blanket and then noticed like four inches in after doing 200 stitches per row <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't for me. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> That's a fantastic point, Kelsey. Yeah. So again, good suggestion. Just some things to keep in mind. Uh, any other thoughts on potholders, dishcloths? Um, you know, there's a lot you can do. Like Caitlin said, stitch patterns. You know, if you're doing it on the diagonal, you can always do increases and decreases. It's a great way to practice things. Um, yeah, I think they're great. Great starting project. Another one. That I think is interesting, as long as you add context, is either knitting a cape or a poncho. I am not going to lie. I do enjoy knitting a poncho every once in a while. It looks so cozy. It's like the best part of a sweater without having to do any other shaping. <laughs> uh, the one, the first one I saw, this cape was so cool. Um, I believe it was marled yarn. That's not it. What? You liked a marled yarn pattern. I love marling yarn. I think it's so beautiful. 
Oh man, I don't know if I'm going to find the, the first one I found that suggested suggested it, but exactly like Kelsey's saying, you there we go. Okay, I'm in the right article now. It is there we go. Oh yes, it's this really cozy, neat thing, easy to like throw on. So it's something that. If you made it for yourself or for someone, they could just keep it in their car and they go somewhere and be like, oh, it's actually a little chilly. Pop this beautiful multicolor situation on and they're warm. The one that the article references is called the Fog Chaser Cape. And it looks like it has like a probably bulky weight yarn in a um, variegated colorway and just like nice, um, almost like a turtleneck down over your nice shoulders down to your elbows be like the perfect little hug it is quite lovely um i think there's a lot of things they're doing right here so you're learning some new techniques but it's in bulky yarn so it's gonna be a little bit faster it's not a full sweater it gives you a good entry into yeah. the top of a sweater often i think which is a good um, starting point as far as sweater exploration still more of a commitment than like a hat so something to kind of keep in mind there or a dishcloth. So we're just talking about those. But, but God, it's so time, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, you're looking to like enter into more of like a garment kind of knitting. That's a good like entryway. Yeah. And I I don't think I've made a poncho yet, but I think there's a shaping kind of forgiveness option there. Like you might not have it in the perfect place, but it's okay because it's mm-hmm. not how it's not the intention of a poncho to be like your armpits are in the perfect spot or whatever. Um, so kind of a similar idea. Uh, any other thoughts? Oh, looks, I may have to make a poncho soon. It looks so cozy. Um, we talked about that already. Um, this was interesting. I wonder if I can find the right suggestion, but they suggest knitting a pillow. Oh, which I've also never done. So I'm very curious in Kelsey's thoughts because I have not. But I I feel like there's definitely aspects of that that are good for a beginner project or a fast project. Well, I, I do think so because along the line of a dishcloth or um, pothole or something, you can do like with a pillow, you can either make it really simple and do just a plain garter stitch or, you know, even a stockinette stitch, or even go as far as testing out different cables, adding pockets, um, learning buttonholes. I think a pillow is a great canvas for, like, learning different techniques. Um, you know, putting in a stick if you wanted to, if you did something on the round and wanted to put in a zipper. Um, oh, I like would that. Be a great basis to kind of build off of. Um, one thing that I found kind of interesting about this one specifically is you're only knitting one side, mm-hmm. and they they tell you to find a backing oh. and sew it to that. So less knitting, but you also have to make sure you're meeting the metrics of that backing and I guess the pillow, unless you're putting your own stuffing in. That's cool. 
That would make sense. I did think that was interesting. We just have so many pillows, but they're not even pretty. I should make a pretty pillow. <laughs> yes, you should make a pretty pillow. Yeah, so this one said add a pillow insert. So I'm guessing that this is already a pillow that you're knitting around. Yeah, I would You're making so. the case. Um, any other thoughts on pillows? I, you know, I, I think they're one step, you know, they're a little bit more, but they're definitely a great, um, oh, canvas. They're a great canvas to work on things, you know, even to make one up and to just kind of work on sizing or even to work on gauge. Or, you know what, if you really wanted to make a really big uh, um, gauge swatch, you could turn it into a pillow. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, next one is a bulky beanie. I'm all for a bulky beanie. Me too. Um, I think it's great to learn to knit in the round, and I think there's something nice about knitting in the round. Um, that and, uh, you know, with bulky yarn, you're going to have a quick satisfaction. It's going to be a quicker to make. You're going to actually see your progress going. There's always that good feeling of, oh, hey, I'm actually getting something done. This was a suggestion in a lot of articles, but I don't know if I can find the exact one. Um, but yeah, I love it. I think it's a great, great one. And if you have a buddy and you're intimidated by going in the round for the first time, maybe cast it on with somebody that can help you. And then you're pretty good. Pretty good to go. <laughs> and right with the with big yarn, you just you're gonna kind of fly. Um, next one I have is a coffee koozie. This How do we feel about those? I, um, I think they're a good idea. The practicality, I don't know. That's where I'm stuck. I, I keep going back and forth in my head and I've actually considered this, um, making this for my coworkers for Christmas this year were these because all of my coworkers drink coffee and are like big coffee drinkers for the most part. But at that same time, like the practicality of it just, I don't know if it's enough for me to make it. Yeah. Like so many coffee cups are different shapes or whatever you drink your coffee thermos, whatever out of it. Um, but if, you know, you knit it to the size of your particular mug or, you, you know, you had it to um, adjustable, we got buttons or whatever on it. Um, I do like that a lot of them suggest doing like a cable down the center, um, which I think, especially if you're interested by cables, it's a great way to try them out. It's a great way to make something out of an experiment. Yeah. Um, I think they're adorable. But I just, I don't know, the practicality still gets me. They look so cozy and nice, but I just don't know if I'd like actually use it if I have one. <laughs> right. But they really look nice in pictures. And this, then the, the one that I found does have this beautiful cable. 
and a button kind of around the handle. So it's cool. <clears throat> and then I actually only ran into this in one of the, I don't know, six or so articles that I pulled up, um, but loom knitted things. So I'm thinking that they mean like a knitting machine with a crank, um, but not, not necessarily. necessarily. So there is loom knitting and I have, I do have a loom knit project here somewhere. Um, but they have these like round circles or even like a half circle that have little pegs on it that you would do a like loop around and then I haven't quite figured out, but you can use the different size looms that have these pegs. So you use a little, not quite like a crochet hook, but it's a hook more or less to loop that yarn over to make your stitch. Um, and so there are different size looms and that can use different size yarn weights. Um, so kind of like a circular knitting, but like a manual version. Yeah. I have seen loom knitted hats. They look like quick and easy and fun and satisfying because you just make a tube and then tie it at the end. Right. I've I've seen ones that you might do the finishing work on your own too, but what a fast, fun first experience with knitting. Um, I think if you're doing a bigger project, you might be like making panels and putting that together. So something to keep in mind, but also a cool skill. The one that, the one project I still have going is a blanket that is in panels that I have like all of two panels done for. <laughs> And I started that about 18 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's acrylic yarn. It should last forever, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So a different approach to knitting. But definitely has some some perks. If it, yes. If it's nice what you're thing, into. Nice the nice thing about loom knitting is you're not using needles. There's less fidgety things to go around. Um, there's a lot of the, like, if you're more used to crochet, it's probably easier to pick up. Um, or it's fairly easier for kids or, you know, it, it's another nice alternative. I think that's what I kind of had some of the themes of what I was seeing. Is there any other ones that you can think of, Kelsey, that we should? You know, I think that actually is a really great list mm. of um, really good round um, selection. Yay. Well, I think that's what, what I've got for our topic tonight, then. Um, Fantastic. Ready to talk about some bike stuff? Sure. Okay. Um, so Kelsey kind of oh. talked about this before and we talked about it. We were like two days away from the race last time we recorded. Um, but Kelsey and I both did a gravel race. Yeah, we did. Woo! Good yeah. So it's fun. Um interesting, some interesting surprises for me for sure. Um it was such a beautiful day. We really it was gorgeous. You can't beat that weather. It was super windy, though. It was all the joys of wonderful, warm Iowa fall with the nice spring winds that we get. 
So do tell me, okay, so tell me, um, what, what did you find surprising? Um, yeah, so I think the most surprising thing was how shadows affect what you can see. So like it was bright the whole time, but on like gravel, especially like going downhill, we're going faster and I'm trying to be brave in that break the whole time. <laughs> um, if there's shade over the road, it's really hard to see what is going on with the road like i'm like are there potholes here is this looser gravel is this not as loose is this pretty packed down um i was just very surprised on how depending on the shade how little you could see um in certain areas that's very interesting to me and Uh, absolutely especially when you've got the shade over the road while you're still far enough out that you've got the sun shining into your eyes um, it does make it hard to judge what the content of the road is actually going to look like. Yeah. Um, fortunately, um, my friend and I that did the fun distance, which is 30 miles, we both rode fat tire bikes. So there's a lot of extra security at with a fat tire bike um, and lots of hills, but they're really good climbers. Uh, not that my gravel bike isn't, but it digs in and you you have those really easy gears to go up on some of those bigger hills. Um, There were several times where we had the hills, like everyone's like Iowa rolling hills. I'm like, not always, not Uh, always guys. Like they are rolling. They're just really big rolling. They're just rolling up. That's what they do. And up. up. So like we crest a hill and have a little downhill and then there'd be another up that was not proportional like no we're going up little down up little down up little down for a while um which is nice about out and back courses because you know eventually it's going to even out somewhere a little bit at least that's something i can tell myself (laughs) well you know it's not a complete out and back but you have at least an idea of what to expect yeah it was still a loop but like when you're Instead of like going from A to B, like the dam to dam race, you start up north and then you end downtown. So you could start up much higher or much lower, like dam to dam is a, is a downhill running race. But that idea is if I'm starting and finishing at the same spot, eventually whatever I went up and whatever I went down has to meet back. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah, it's always great when people come to Iowa and they're like, how do you get this much climb gonna see our hills they are endless yeah they are there um and definitely like fueling um i i'm still kind of new to this in biking compared to like running but i definitely needed more food and even compared to like gravel versus road, like oh, yeah. I can go like every half an hour or so and just have a couple of like of those goo gummies or cliff gummies or whatever, and I'm fine. Not the same thing with the gravel. I needed I needed more, especially <laughs> in the beginning. And so I started to notice it. And so I, I had like some like more snacky things like I had beef jerky, which I know is not an instant fuel, but it is a fuel. And um, those waffle things. Oh, like a street waffle. <sighs> Oh, I love those. Those are the best. Waffle, the so, stingers, honey stingers. Yes. 
I have a few different brands. I haven't met a brand that I don't like yet. Oh, I love those. Or those even just the, the straight stroop waffles that are not even for fitness or <laughs> yumminess. Those those would probably do the same trick. <laughs> I'm sure they would. But yeah, just a little more fuel. Fueling myself, I think, was a good thing to learn on a shorter race. That was actually one thing that I struggled with that day. I um, I hadn't, I knew that I could go and finish the 30 mile, but it really was, um, to me, I wanted that to be my big race of the year and see how, what I could attempt. <clears throat> if you had asked me a couple years ago, if I could do 70 miles, I would have said, oh, absolutely. I can do 70 miles. Um, but this year I, my fitness was down. And, you know, dealing with my neck and shoulders over the last couple of years, uh, it's really kind of put me back. But uh, nonetheless, I was like, I have no idea that I can finish this one. So we'll see how I can do it. And I set out and I, I tried to eat that morning, the morning before the race, but I was having a hard time eat, eating and I could not hardly get enough food into me before I started, uh, which was not great because by the time that I got to the south end of the course, which was about 30 miles in, um, I was at the point where I was dry heaving. I was like, no, this is not good. Um, I'd been eating oh, my way. I'd been eating my way down. I had maple syrup. I had um, honey stinger. I had, you know, beef jerky, but it wasn't enough. Um it is a little hard and uh but I got to the Casey's and I wolfed down mac and cheese with bacon and a milk choc uh, chocolate milk and um something else and I felt a million times better nice yeah I also was riding along with a friend of mine and he and I were going back and forth we were kind of just leapfrogging all morning which was really fun to have somebody with me because um, I usually don't have anyone with me. Uh, at the same time, I think at the end of the day, I would have liked to have just gone my own pace in the afternoon um, on my return trip. I kind of worked harder than I probably should have, but at the same time, I found myself about... 14 miles from the end of the race and I was like I, I just can't go any farther I just can't hmm. but um, you tried it which is what matters like yeah I think so many people would be like well I know I can do this so that's what I'm gonna do and sometimes you gotta see where you're at and try and sounds like you still had a really great day. Oh my goodness. I absolutely did have a great day. Like I did not finish, but I, um, I've been kind of missing an adventure, like all out, take everything I can put everything out on the line kind of ride. I hadn't had that this year and that's what I needed. And I went and tested my limits. And at the end of the day, I was absolutely exhausted. I looked worse than my husband when he came in after 200 miles or 175 miles. He looked way fresh, more fresh than I did. So <laughs> that's something to say to credit his training. He's doing awesome. So 
Um, but no, it was a really great day. It was beautiful. I, yeah, just in the end, the fresh gravel, the lots of wind, the lack of training, that all got to me. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. yeah so it's fun i would recommend it i think it was fun i think it's really cool that these races offer those fun distances which i still think 30 miles is still a pretty solid bike ride <laughs> before you add the gravel part to it um but yeah i recommend it fun bring more food than you think you need to yes always bring more food uh anything else we got tonight kelsey I think that might about do it for the night, I think. Okay. Well, with that, knit all the things. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Tapped as Gravel Knits. Our website is gravelknits.com. You can email us at gravelknits at gmail.com, and you can also support us on Patreon. You can find me, Kelsey, on Ravelry and Instagram as Bikes Brews Use, and on Tapped as Kelsey J. You can find me, Caitlin, on Ravelry and Instagram as Caitlin and Lloyd, and on Instagram as Caitlin Knits and Bikes. Please message us to let us know what you'd like us to talk about, and we'd love to hear what you think about the show. If you do like the podcast, please share it with a friend. Gravel Knits believes everyone deserves to be included and loved, regardless of who you love, your beliefs, color, size, your gender, or whatever else makes you you. Please keep in mind that we are human. And while we are trying to educate ourselves, there is always more to learn and any critiques are deeply appreciated. Mm -hmm.